Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. I'm racked with worry and concern for my wife. I, so here's the thing. I stopped taking allergy medicine for a while. That's true. And I was fine. Okay. Were you the, were you though? Apparently not. Apparently you weren't. Apparently a storm was brewing. Uh Uh-huh. And then mold. Mold took over. Mold is in control of Austin now. We have lost Austin to the mold. And I guess we're going to have to move to New Braunfels, Round Rock, the sort of outlying areas, because it's the mold city now. Mm-hmm. And we're just living in it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call what you're doing right now living, even. Yeah, no, I know. And it's these histamines, I think. I don't know much about histamines, <laughs> but I think that this is them, and I I'm hate worried. Them. Here's the thing. I'm worried I'm going to have to neti pot, and I'm scared, and I don't want to. You should use the baby's saline blaster. The saline nose blaster? God, on, there's a... Okay. If you've never had a baby, it's a boy. They get full of bad stuff in their nose region, and they're so... Y'all... So wicked stoops that they don't know how to blow their nose yet. And so you got to get in there with either drops, which is how a, a real pedestrian way of clearing them out. But then they make these like saline blasters that like just gets up in there and it's just like, goosh. and every time I see that happen, the baby obviously doesn't care for it until it gets all that bad stuff out of there. And I think if it were only so simple for me, an adult man. Yeah. With an I adult mean, nose. Have you tried it? I haven't. Mm. I'm, af- I'm afraid to harness See? the... See? Pa- yeah, you're right. But it's I, a scary thing. I think you're going to have to netty, baby. I think the mold is inside you now. Yeah, I The know. call is coming from inside the nose. I know. Anyway, this is, this is... We're going to try very hard to make this a not sonically unpleasant episode of our podcast, Wonderful to Listen To. Um, Rachel's putting on a very brave face, and I'm so glad that you're here. Do you want to just do it? Do you want to just do the damn thing? Uh-huh. Do you have a small wonder? Um, I'm going to say, and this is something we talked about recently, when barbecue places have really good bread. Yes. True. I'm, it's, it's, not, it's not a reliable thing. A lot of barbecue places are like, we don't need good bread. Our barbecue stands alone. Yeah. But sometimes they got that really good bread. You got to have that thick, moist bread yeah that thick damp bread that can really sop it up sop it up sop is the only only word that's appropriate that's true we got some good style switch bbq the other day and uh it was good it's good got some spicy ribs ate it uh right before filming a a video project (laughs) we were doing yesterday which was one of the bigger mistakes i've made in my life because i had the spicy mouth while we were recording the whole time yowza folks (laughs) Um, I'm going to say, um, I've been making Game Boys again lately, and I've talked about that, but man, there are so many Game Boy games that are so choice, hun. So many good ones. Tetris, heard of it? Is a good one. Castlevania, Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins. Can't beat this stuff. Pokemon was, Pinball, Pokemon Trading Card game. What game that Henry was getting into? Yesterday? Or Castle the Castlevania Adventure? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, a good one. A little too difficult. And here's the thing about those Game Boy games, folks. They're hard as hell. They're extremely hard because they're usually pretty short. And so they need to be impossible in order to keep you from beating them in like 10 minutes. Um, but man, I'm getting I'm getting uh, nostalgic in my middle age here. Um, but I guess I've been I've been pretty nostalgic my whole 
life of the better days, you know, 1991. Uh-huh. We had it all figured out. Yeah. I go first this week. Do you, Unless, do you want to go first this week? No, go. No, do, tell me, do you got like, if you have the energy, if you have momentum right now, and you want to just like take my spot so you can be done talking for the episode and rest rest your, your larynx or whatever is No, ailing. that is a beautiful gesture, but I would like to keep just the progress alive. Okay. With our standard approach. Okay. Vending machines. Vending mm. machines. These are robot grocery stores that are very little. They are automated snack shopping experiences where the coins and bills go into the machine and Melba Toast comes out. Or um, there's a bad first example. I don't know why I started with <laughs> some Winter Fresh pops out. Do they still? I don't even think they make Winter Fresh that much anymore. I mean, Doritos would have been a safe bet. Doritos are always a safe bet. They pair with everything. Uh, I, I, I can think of a lot of vending machines that have made real differences in my life. I never worked at an office that had a vending machine in it, but like I can think of at Huntington City Hall, where we used to do a bunch of plays, they had a vending machine in the basement where I would go down there, you know, with a buck and come back up with a whatchamacallit. <laughs> and I would gobble that down greedily in the bathroom so nobody else would ask me for a bite of my whatchamacallit. Uh-huh. I can think of all the vending machines at Huntington High School. I'm thinking of Andy Cap's Hot Fries. I'm thinking of Honey Buns. I'm thinking of Fruitopia, which I mm-hmm. I talk about very frequently yeah. on this and other shows. Uh, I, I can think of these vending machines that have made real differences in my life. The one tricky thing about a vending machine, and it makes me surprised uh, that they are still as popular as they are, is that you do not know how old the products are inside. Well, they're usually pretty shelf-stable. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not buying a lot of uh, milk out of a out of a vending machine, I don't That's think. That's true, but sometimes you'll be like, oh, a, a chocolate donut, don't mind if I do, and then it'll drop down and you'll be like, ooh. You'll hear it hit the bottom as it drops down, like, <laughs> boom. And you're like, oh, shit, that's not going to be good. Yeah, I guess there's a baked good uh, component to a lot of vending machines, like a little hand pie, those little tiny apple pies, the hostess pies. Yes. Those those aren't as shelf-stable as a, as a honey bun. Mm-hmm. A honey bun, I swear to God, you could eat a fossil of a honey bun and you would still like have a pretty okay time with it. Um is there also anything more thrilling than when you're on a road trip and you stop at like a, a a rest stop and they just have a big room full of vending machines where like you can see all of these branching pathways, all these sliding doors in front of you of like snack journeys that you can go on for the rest of the trip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're looking around and there's like 15 vending machines. There's like ice cream vending machines, which is fucked up. And then you're like gummy lifesavers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And you can go nuts on it. I think that that's one of the most poignant childhood memories of mine is just looking forward to the rest stop on the on the car trip so I could get some gummy lifesavers to enjoy while I'm in the backseat playing Pokemon Silver. There there are certain foods that I feel like may, I may have only gotten out of a vending machine. Like I feel like a Three Musketeers, for whatever reason, when only. it's in the vending machine, Absolutely. that's what I wanted. Yeah, I don't know that I've, uh, I don't know that I've ever had... Andy Cap's hot fries bought in the wild. 
Uh, I think those only exist inside of vending machines. I think the vending machine produces it like a sort of sweat, like a sort of like natural organic byproduct of the vending machine. <laughs> like Andy Cap's hot fries just sort of appear inside of it. Can I ask? Because I've never had a hot fry. Is yeah. it like a Cheeto? It is. A, it's a spicy. It's bad. Andy Cap's hot fries are pretty rough. I think once you eat a Taki once, you're like, oh, okay. That's a good spicy flavor. <laughs> Andy Cap's hot fries are just sort of like crunchy pepper spray, just like crunchy chemical burning sensation in the mouth. Not super pleasant. But even if I'm like in a hurry and I'm not particularly hungry, like at the airport, by baggage claim, they have vending machines at the Austin airport. And I'm never like, I'm always like, just I got to get my bags and get the fuck out of here. Like everybody else at a baggage claim at an airport. But if I see that vending machine, I will peek inside of it and be like, but what is, uh, what's going on in here? Any, uh, any friends in here? Like, I'm going to see some, like, like, I'm going to see Tastations in there and be like, what the <laughs> fuck? Tastations are back? Did you, uh, is, with the inflation, can you get stuff under a dollar in a vending machine still? Oh, tell me about it, right? I think you can probably still get a candy bar for 75 cents, but I'm not sure I don't think that that's that. true, but is I think you can true? get, like, a five-pack of Big Red. I'm out of touch, babe. I can't run for president. I don't even think they're making Big Red anymore. So I think we're both pretty, we're aging ourselves quite a bit. There's a 0% chance anybody listening to this knows what Fruitopia is if they're under the age of, you know, I'm going to say 27 years old, uh, which does describe a, a fair portion of our audience. I don't even eat that many s snacks these days. I live a pretty snack-free lifestyle, except at the nighttime when I <laughs> turn yeah. into a little snack goblin. But that's that's my own supply. Like, I know what I'm getting into there. Uh -huh. If I'm on the go, which I'm also not most <laughs> of the time, I'm just not usually in, like, a vending machine mood, but I still just want to dip in. And knowing the convenience of knowing that I can satisfy this human need of mine very quickly with a you know dollar bill or a swipe of a credit card is very exciting to me. I have been sitting here so anxious to hear about the history of vending yes. machines. Okay, well, what if I told you that the first one dates back to like antiquity? Uh, the the very first sort of <laughs> concept of a vending machine can be uh, sourced back to Hero of Alexandria, the like ancient like engineer. Uh, and he made a holy water dispenser where you would put a coin in this slot and it would fall onto a lever and that would release the faucet that would dispense the holy water and then the coin would slowly slide off the lever and when it fell out, a counterweight would pop it right back closed. So you put a little coin in and you get a goosh of holy water. I don't know what you do with that holy water. Yeah, are you like putting your little hand in there? Or like does it come with a little little Slurpee cup? Like a little a conical sort of Dixie yeah. situation. Like a coffee dispenser? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you just take it straight to the dome. Like if you just open up the mouth stick and just like in. hit your head, stick your head in there and just go wild. I don't know. It seems like a danger because I'm sure Hero of Alexandria did like great and important work here, but I bet he didn't have sort of safeguards in place for like, you know, you stick your tongue in the faucet and then it closes and then it's like, well, I've died. Now I've died. You think there were hot fries in that one too? <laughs> I think if there was a secret slot that Hero of Alexandria, yeah, and here's the thing, and this is fucked up, pretty probably sacrilegious, but if have you ever dunked hot fries in holy water? <laughs> if you haven't, it's like the new French fries in a, in a, a Frosty. It's like, it's legit really good because the hot fries get really soggy 
So you can just kind of like slurp it down, but also like any impurities inside of you are burned out by the hot fry powder and the holy water. Can that be our sign off now for our show? What? Slurp down the... No, and don't dunk hot fries in your holy water. I think we would have to be a very different podcast (laughs) to make that work. Uh, And then you get like commercial coin-operated machines in the the late 19th century, um, mostly like when they were introduced to distribute envelopes, postcards, and notepaper. It was boring. Uh, In 1888, the Thomas Adams Gum Company introduced vending machines on New York City subway platforms that dispensed tutti-frutti gum. Uh, But what we know as the sort of modern gumball machine was uh, invented in 1907. Uh, And then, of course, you also have beverage vending machines, which also date back to the late 19th century. Uh, First introduced in in Paris, uh, where they would uh, dispense beer, wine, and liquor. That's that's one way to do it, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then cigarette machines are like a weird thing. Yeah, that like. Were you too young to? Oh have- God, no, no. Okay. I mean, I, I. Uh, but there again, there probably are some folks who are who listen to this. You could just buy cigarettes out of a little vending machine, and it was a specialized one where it was more horizontal, and it would yeah. have all the packs of cigarettes with a little knob underneath each yeah. one, and you would put the money in and pull the knob, and a pack of cigarettes would come out. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, had the experience of of troublemaking teens identifying those machines that were unsupervised, but uh, that was that was the way the kids would get cigarettes if I mean, they could sneak in. There was one at the Huntington Tri State Airport when I was a kid. That's fucking wild. <laughs> um, so you know, attitudes towards tobacco consumption have changed, particularly in the United States. So you don't really see these anymore. There's a really cool hotel, I think, I want to say in Minneapolis or something that we've stayed at a couple times whenever we've gone touring, that sells little tiny um, cigarette uh, uh, box-sized, like, paintings that artists, oh. like, paint and then put in the machine and you put five bucks in and then you can pull the knob and a little painting pops out. That's, That's a cute, cute idea. Yeah. Um, but they are still sort of... Um, prevalent in places like germany and and japan japan is like of course the sort of uh ruler of this domain they have more vending machines per capita than any other country on the planet and they are so legit you can get some boss coffee in one and then turn around and get like some flowers and a fucking you know handkerchief and necktie out of another one like uh there there is it is a genuinely, I don't know, it feels like a very touristy thing to be like, you got to go to Japan and use the vending machines. But as somebody who likes a vending machine, I guess fucking thrilling. I like that character, by the way. Yeah, thanks. He's uh, he's very enthusiastic. Yeah. Uh, and he's got kind of a fun voice. And I pitched that show to the Travel Channel. Which you got to go. Which is just like, let me go to, you know, wherever, Angkor Wat, and just be like, no vending machines here. <laughs> See you next week. See you next time. <laughs> I hiked up Machu Picchu. These buildings are so small. No vending machines. <laughs> Zero out of five. Bye. Um, I was really hoping you would talk about the physics of the vending machine because I think a lot about how they decide what is an acceptable distance for an item to fall. Oh, yeah. You know, like you get something off that top row. You got to think one, like, what do you put on the top row that's safe to fall that far? Yeah, you, know? you would think that vending machines would have a sort of like concave 
like f- facade so that if you get something <laughs> off the top row it like slides yeah. downward usually you see like chips up there which makes sense because you could drop you a, a lot bag of, of chips yeah. okay if they put the lifesavers up there you're you're huffing dust at that point <laughs> there's nothing left for you um hey that's uh, that, i don't have anything else it's vending <laughs> it's vending machines vending machines you know you know i'm a I, i'm a sucker for convenience and like you really can't get much more convenient than here's a box, put a dollar in it, here's some Skittles, and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you don't have to talk to anybody at all. Nope. Hey, can I steal you away? Yeah. Cool. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Got a bunch of bumble bombs here because we we missed last week. So let's let's just get going here with this message for Jason from Sarah, who says, Dear Jason, thanks for being everything I ever dreamed of in a partner. You're the best hugger, father, gaming partner, cleric, and cat barf cleaner. I could not imagine doing life without you, and our child could not have a better dad to do goofs with. Let's stay married for 15 more years. I love you a million, Sarah. I'm imagining that's sort of a rolling... Yeah. <laughs> Goal. 15 years. And not a deadline. And we out. Like a sort of macabre finish line <laughs> of love. 
Um, because man, if you find somebody who's good at cleaning up cat barf, you got to hold them tight and never let them go. Oh, that's my favorite song. Yeah. Uh, you want to do this next one? Yes, this is for Alex. It is from Ryan. Hello, my darling wife. Depending on when this message goes out, I want to wish you a happy two years of marriage or 11 years together or happy birthday or maybe happy Canada Day. Only time will tell. My love for you burns brighter than the intensity of a thousand suns and each moment we are apart feels like an eternity of longing to be back in your arms. It's very sweet. But if it burned with the intensity of a thousand suns, the planet would be uninhabitable. And I don't want to split hairs. Mm. But I'm not the one over here talking about obliterating the planet and all life on it. With so your really, the intensity of one sun is still a little too much. True for this planet Earth. I love you with the intensity of um, like 30 IMAX screens, which is still like inconceivably bright and powerful. But it's not going to pose a threat to you know human existence as we know it. Just saying, think about these things, people. Actions have consequences. Here's a message for Steven, and it's from Kat, who says, My spicy turnip. I can't begin to tell you how lucky I am to have found you. Thank you for always supporting me in my dreams, hobbies, and challenges, and loving me, Gaucher, and Henry so much. Let's go watch something good and eat some tasty curry. You are my favorite, and I love you. How do you think one receives the nickname Spicy Turnip? Like, what do you think you do to get there? It's got to be Animal Crossing, right? That is entirely possible. That is entire. That is ma- my main sort of experiential awareness of turnips is is the stock market at Animal Crossing. The higher the bell price, the spicier Ooh, it is. I like that. I'm going to read this last one for Katrina from Michael, who says, My sweet booberry, I can't believe I've been lucky enough to spend a whole five years of my life with you. I can't wait to spend the rest of them with you and our kittens listening to podcasts, playing Pokemon, and running D&D campaigns with our friends. P.S. Thank you for all the good, good soups. Oh, a soup maker. Mother always you dabbled wanted me to marry a soup maker. <laughs> you dabbled in soups. I've touched upon the dark arts of soups. I've liquefied certain vegetables into more desirable, sort of malleable forms that one might slurp out of a bread bowl. Sure. If you're sick of constantly arguing with the people closest to you about topics that really aren't going to change the world, we're here to take that stress off of your shoulders. We take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal. That's right, Hal. If you have a subjective question that you want answered objectively once and for all time for all of the people of the world, questions like, who's the best Disney villain, Mac or PC, or should you put ketchup on a hot dog? That's why we're here. Yes, I get that these are the biggest questions of our time. And we're often joined by special guests like Nathan Fillion, Orlando Jones, and Paget Bruce. So let Mark and Hal take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal, weekly on Maximum Fun. You want to hear my thing? Yes. You're, by the way, you are looking hale and hearty over there. Oh, thanks. I think my vending machine segment healed, healed you. Uh-huh. I think also you ate some hot fries and holy water uh, during the break, <laughs> and that has really sizzled out a lot. There's like stuff. something so sonically pleasing about that to me. Hot fries and holy water? Yeah, Hot no. Hot fries and holy water. It's definitely so- it's definitely something. It could be like it could 
be any genre of music, you know? Like if you were to write a song, yeah. you could do a country song. You yeah. could do like like a punk, like a like an R and B. There's there's a lot of potential there. Sure, yeah. Um, which leads me to my topic. Which is consecrated talkies. <laughs> Transubstantiated yes, Cheetos. That's what I was thinking of. That you get up to do communion and they put a hot fry on your tongue. And you eat that and it turns into the body of Christ inside of you. Yeah. Love it. Uh no, my, my first my my first and only topic is a American singer by the name of Remy Francis Wolf. That's a cool name. Yeah. Uh she actually, her first kind of public appearance was on American Idol in 2014. I feel like there is a whole. I fell off that show, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't even know when. I definitely watched Clay Aiken uh, do his do his business up there. I definitely saw Bo Bice do his business up yeah. there. I forget when that was. Uh, but there's like a a whole genre of musicians now. That came out of American Idol that I don't know that that's where they came out of. So she she was not actually like a contestant that hung around for the season. She, at 17, sang Let's Get It On for Jennifer Lopez, Keith Urban, and Harry Connick Jr. Are those the hosts? In 2014, yeah. Wild, okay. Um, I don't think they're still there necessarily, but that was that year. Uh, but she did not continue through the season. Mm. Um. But she uh, is kind of incredible. Did you listen to any of the songs I sent you? Yeah. She's like a, a mix of like a, a tremendous number of, of genres. Right. Um, I, of course, turned to Pitchfork because they have such a concise way of like referencing all of the influences. Uh, and they said that Wolf exists at the center of a Venn diagram that includes the post-PC music hyper-pop contingent, feel-good lo-fi bedroom pop artists, and the current wave of funk and disco. Yeah, the, you can't beat that. That's a lot of really good stuff. <laughs> a lot stuff. of the fun stuff. Um, I actually, so I heard her on the radio the other day. Whoa. Um... Austin City Limits Radio will occasionally play artists that are either slated to come to town or have been in town. And it was just a total surprise. I'd never heard it. And I, I did the thing that people that listen to the radio do where I was like, Remy Wolf, Remy Wolf, Remy Wolf, Remy Wolf, like all the way home yeah. <laughs> trying to remember, like, remember this artist. Um, so I wanted to play a little bit uh, by her. I'm thinking... I think I'm going to do a uh, grumpy old man. Okay. There's things over there that I know you don't know about. Yeah. Listen. I'm so defensive. There are things over there that I do not know about. Yeah. I'm so defensive. I get caught up in the mob and the fishing net that's pulling at my feet. Uh, so you can see she's, I mean, she's good with a hook. Yes. Uh, it's, it's kind of that like fun poppy sound, but it, it feels a little different. And her music videos, if you have a chance to check them out. You know, when I was reading about her, I was like, this reminds me a lot of D-Light's Groove is in the Heart. Yeah. Like her music huh? videos. And and luckily, when I was reading about her, they they talked about how that she... Uh, she was really influenced by that. Uh, in addition to... Um, 
Janet Jackson, Beck, Santana, Jack White, uh, Chibamato, um, and then art like old like staple artists like uh, Shaka Khan and Daryl Hall, David Byrne, Michael McDonald, Erica Badu, mm. like all over the place. Just somebody that, you know, loves music. Uh, she actually went to college at the USC Thornton School of Music, uh, finished in 2018. Can you play also that part of that song where Walter Matthau gets on and does like a like a <laughs> verse? He does like a guest verse. Shit, who is the other guy in Grumpy Old Men? You ever see that flick? No. But I, I mean, obviously, I, I am familiar with it. Yeah. Do you want Man, to- am I like 500 fucking years old? I feel like a like a, the Crypt Keeper in I mean, this honey, you always have been. It's part of what drew me to you. Is it Jack Lemon? Yes. I just googled it as you were as you were stumbling. I can't remember is Jack Lennon or Jack Lemon. Lemon. That's a fun name. That's a fun <laughs> name. If you've never seen the movie, it's uh, two old gentlemen who are <laughs> really fucking cantankerous, and that's about it. They made two of them. They made two of them. They made grumpy old men, then they made grumpier old men. Even more pissed off in that one. I don't know. Do they hold up? I don't know. I'm sneaking a second segment into the show. What's up, everybody? We're bringing back the old format. Just for me, though, because I'm doing grumpy old men, and then Rachel's going to do grumpier old men. (laughs) And then they made one where they were the president, I think. And it was called Head of of State? Or was that the Chris Rock movie where he became the president? Oh, Griffin. Sometimes you go places I can't go with you, and it makes me so lonely. I'm so sorry. I told, I warned you, I texted you, I was like, I'm going to do a whole Walter Matthau sort of review (laughs) on this episode. I should have known when I sent you that song, I should have thought, wait, 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 no, no, no." I lost him. (laughs) Yeah, I only listened to like a few bars of it, and then I was watching some of my favorite clips from the funny uh, old uh, grumpy old man movie. So anyway, she has a new album coming out October 15th called Juno, which is the name of her dog. Oh. Uh, She has done a lot of her music producing in the pandemic. And so uh, her first biggest performance was slated to be Bonnaroo on September 4th. Not really sure as of this recording, the status of that performance. Yeah. Uh, But she's also coming to Austin city limits this year. That's fine. Uh, So there's bright, bright future Mm -hmm. ahead. Uh, I also wanted to recommend uh, an album off her new track. It's called Liquor Store, which apparently got a boost when uh, Willow Smith covered it on Instagram. Ooh, that's good. She's also had some attention from John Mayer, who apparently like reached out to her just to be like, hey, you're crushing Cool it. track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she has released EPs, uh, but this will be her first big album uh she had a ep you're a dog and then in the year later in 2020 a follow-up called i'm allergic to dogs exclamation that's so good what was the first one called (laughs) you're a dog i thought you said euro dog (laughs) i do like that though (laughs) is a german shepherd a euro dog you gotta love it. So many like a French bulldog is a Euro dog. So many potential names for this episode. I know. <laughs> um, I just you know I'm always looking for the song of the summer. Yeah, and I know it is uh, about to be September. Mm. It will be September as of the airing of this uh, episode. Yeah, but I really I feel like Remy Wolf should have the song of summer if she doesn't already. We haven't I'm, we haven't mentioned this on the show. First of all, we did just watch that episode of Lion Guard again with the. Uh... <laughs> 
Christopher Jackson. With Christopher Jackson singing Shuja Ponda, yeah. uh, which yeah. is a uh, bop. But I'm going to say Song of the Summer, at least for me, is my own drum uh, from Vivo. Uh, particularly the Missy <laughs> yeah. Elliott remix that comes in at the end. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, I want to say that Remy Wolf has a song of the summer, though. Oh, well. Just, you just swooped in here. That's my, I mean, there can Vivo. be multiple songs of the summer. I guess that's fair. Uh, so yeah, go, go, go check her out. She's got a lot of really cool videos on YouTube and, and they're like all bops. All the songs are bops. That's 100%. And, and the slaps. You do not get that kind of guarantee from Rachel. The slaps and the bops. That's going to be all slaps and bops. Mm-hmm. Hey, thank you to Bowen. Speaking of slap bops, thanks to Bowen and Augustus <laughs> for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that right in the old episode description. And uh, thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. There's so many great shows on the Maximum Fun network that you should be listening to, like the Flop House. Rachel's been hitting that Flop House. Yeah, they did hard. a Space Jam episode. Yeah, I, I'm afraid to listen to it because it's just like I, I, that movie, Space Jam 2, is so important to me. Uh, we got Depression Mode. We got the Jackie and Laurie show. We got Bullseye. We've got Greatest Discovery. Can just I pet your dog? There's just There's endless, so endless shows. If you are all, you see all the time people are like, oh, I'm all caught up. What should I do? Just go to MaximumFun.org and find yourself a new show. It's like a vending machine of jokes. Stop podcasting yourself. Just had their 700th episode. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. No one should do the podcast. Oh, shit. I guess we're, we're rounding 600. I'm a bim bam. We, hey, you and me, we're getting close to 200. I know. Well, I mean, if you fold in the Rose Buddies era also, we've been we've been in the game for a minute. We just got to keep starting over. How many Rose Buddies episodes were there? Like a little bit over 100? I feel like we're over it. Wonderful's got to go. And then we're going to do our new thing. Oh, yeah. And it's called When Life Gives You Lemons make math owls oh no and in this show are we were re-watching over and over again is this like yes were they the worst idea couple? of all time yeah man those two dudes did a lot of shit together thanks for listening and this is just a preview <laughs> this is like a backdoor pilot for when life gives you lemons make math owl um but uh so how did you like it? Wait, I'm watching our iTunes review scores come in. <laughs> oh no, they don't like it. Oops. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.